Welcome to the Business of Influence podcast. I'm your host, Karen White. If you're a creator or a community maker looking to expand your influence, increase revenue, profit, and productivity, you're in the right place. Join me every Tuesday to learn strategies to elevate your career as a professional influencer. Thanks for joining me on today's episode. Now let's get started. Welcome to our first guest episode for 2024. As is often the case for guest episodes, I did not want this chat to end. Sienna and I chatted far beyond what will make it to the cut of this episode and I'm sure that there will be many more invitations extended to Sienna to draw on her success as a UGC creator and as an emerging voice as an educator in this space. Who's Sienna you're asking? Sienna is a 23-year-old content creator from Melbourne, Australia And she's behind the creative edits, a colourful community and good vibes of Sienna in the Sun. Her origin story is a fun one and we talk about it in the beginning of the episode. And you'll learn that she was really tired of seeing the same safe and boring content on social media, especially in her own feed. So she taught herself how to photograph and edit colourful and creative content to spread happiness online. And I hope you can hear the smile in my voice because I discovered Sienna through her content and it does make me smile. And the conversation that we had today, there was lots of smiling had and a really lovely connection. So what she creates through her online persona extends to her values and her approach to her work as a creator and an educator in this space. She's an influencer, she's an actor, she's a model, she's an educator, she loves doing it all. Her mission in everything she does is to inspire people to become their happiest selves. Whether that's through self-love and body positivity, colourful fashion, dopamine dressing, and maybe chasing passions and starting a creative business. Sienna really loves making those genuine connections with other creatives and engaging with brands that prioritise fun and spread positive messages. In today's episode, she shares her valuable tips for influencers and content creators around building their career, tools and resources she uses and how she connects with community and brands. We speak about media kits and why I consider Sienna's to be one of the very best influencer media kits I've seen. We also chat about Sienna's free brand pitch template that's generated big dollars for her business, enabling her to become a full-time creator. Her content creators Facebook group and her mentoring I'm really excited to get into today's discussion. 
I'll add all the links to Sienna's channels and the resources that we speak about in today's episode in the show notes so you can find her and follow her and join her content creators community. Let's get started. It's so great to have you here today. I'm really excited to have you share all of your experience with us about your career as a UGC creator and now a mentor and developing leading voice in this space. I want to go back to the beginning a little bit before we speak more about that. In the introduction, we spoke about how you were tired of seeing safe and boring content on social and you taught yourself how to photograph and edit colourful images and taking a look at your feed, it is absolutely that. It It truly sparks joy. Some of the images just really pop out on my feed. So I wanted to start there. Tell us about how you taught yourself all of these great photography tips and started that uh, journey for yourself as a UGC creator. The origin story of Sienna and the Sun. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I actually started it as a travel blog. Uh, I was going to Bali with my family. I was like 19. I'm like, I'm going to become a travel influencer and just shared a bunch of like photos from my journey, which was just like kind of colourful sunsets here and there. I had no idea what I was doing. I was messing around in Lightroom with presets and all this stuff that I'd just seen and was like, I'll give it a go. It really started getting serious in COVID, which I think is the story for a lot of creators. We all had a lot of time on our hands. It was a creative hobby that kind of distracted us from what was going on. So for me, I was working an internship. I had very little to do, which meant I was just sitting around all day in front of my computer and decided to start teaching myself. Photoshop and Lightroom were the two main programs I was using, along with an app called PixArt, which in 2020 was huge. It was trending everywhere. And it's free, it's very intuitive, very easy to use. So I was just mucking around, really just trial and error, teaching myself things, a couple of YouTube tutorials here and there, really, really just seeing what I liked, seeing what I didn't like. And when I look back at my original work, like it's so cringy, it's so bad. (laughs) But at the time, that's what everyone was doing. And that's what was fun and colourful and vibrant. And I still have that essence in my work. I just like to think it's a little bit more refined. It definitely is. And I really like the way that you take your audience on that learning pathway because as I flick back through your channel, you give really useful tips on the skills that you've learned. Uh, I think I was looking at a post recently where you spoke about timers rather than tripods, all these different things that you use. And then I also like the before and after shots. I think there was one of you added a cherry orchard recently. Was it the cherry orchard? And just the way you quickly edited that photo, the before and after, and you made it sound so easy and it really elevated that image in the feed. I think that's the thing that a lot of creators forget is something that seems easy to you is not easy to others creating that very basic tutorial for someone else, you might think, oh, everybody knows how to do this, but they actually don't. And those little tips like, oh, put your camera on this setting or position yourself this far away from the camera, it's not always intuitive for other people. So those little tips are actually really valuable. 
They are. And it's the old, you don't know what you don't know thing, isn't it? People can struggle through it. But by sharing those tips, what you're doing is creating that whole thumb stopping content, that beautiful content that's really become synonymous with your channel now, which is really great. So you've got all this real vibrant and creative content on your feed. Uh, You've taught yourself these skills. How do you consistently go about generating creative ideas for your channel? One thing that I always consider is what am I consuming? Not as a creator, as just a regular person. When I'm scrolling, what am I actually watching? When I'm on Instagram, what am I actually liking? And I think getting into that mindset of being like, okay, what do I like as a consumer, not a creator? That then like feeds into what I am going to create as a creator. And so whenever I'm scrolling, if I see something that I like or I see like a cool angle or a cool pose, I'll just save that. And so when I am in a creative mood, I can go back to that mood board and be like, oh, I really love that. Let me put my own spin on it. And I do have like a Trello board. Trello is a really great management tool. And I kind of jot down ideas there. It will not necessarily be fleshed out. It'll just be like streetwear, shoot. And I'll have like one picture of some inspiration. But yeah, I think the best way you can generate ideas is by looking at other people's content. But you have to be careful that you're not copying them. You're just drawing inspiration. I think that's a really powerful mindset. And it's one that marketers use is they put themselves in the mind of the consumer or the target audience and it's often overlooked by creators they're creating content that they think others might like but they don't stop and think about what is it that I like because you want to create your community of a like-minded audience so it's the most powerful tool you can use and I'm really pleased that you raised the resource that you use because you preempted my question I am a massive advocate of Trello. I have got Trello boards going back six or seven years. I use them extensively for all of my planning and project management, everything from content creation, as you've described, right through to running campaigns. When I was owning and operating agencies, we would run all of our talent campaigns through Trello. But as a content creation management tool, I love it and The free version covers almost everything any creator could ever need. And I like its searchability and functions like you've described. You could just put up a a photo and go, you know, put it into a list and think this is great. It's super visual as well, but it has all the functionality of listing and searching and categorizing. Yeah, I think Trello is a really great one for visual people because I can get really stressed out about everything that I need to do. But if I can see it, spread out on a screen in front of me and I can tick things off once I've done them that makes me feel so much more organized and I think creating is a very visual thing to being able to link to a Pinterest post or a YouTube video is really good for that mood boarding kind of uh, action. Absolutely I probably just now I'm going to take a segue here I hadn't really considered this question before but now we're speaking about it what is your planning process? So you, you've, you've spoken about maybe taking inspiration or capturing ideas as they come to mind. What do you do when it comes to actually putting that creative process into motion? Do you batch your content or is it on the fly or a little bit of both? It's a bit of both in terms of what my schedule is. Like I work full-time as a creator, which is great. I have my own schedule, but 
I am often on a deadline because of brands. Like I do a lot of brand sponsorships and they'll be like, we need this on this date. So again, back to Trello, I always have those dates listed out. If I know I've got four collabs in one week, I will sit down and batch them because I only want to do my makeup once. I only want to do my hair once. So what I'll do is I love to sit down and write a script for my videos and I don't always follow them word for word, but having that script written out makes my filming process so much quicker. I don't have to arm and ah and just go, "Mm, what do I need to say now? I have it all written out. And a lot of, this is a great tip for UGC creators too, or anyone doing brand sponsorships. If you write a script and get it approved by the brand before you film, that is going to reduce how many retakes you need to film and just bring down the work that you have to do. You know, flesh out any scripting issues before you film it and you won't have to redo it. So that's a good one. I love doing that. And so, yeah, once I've written that script, I'll usually sit down for maybe an hour, two hours, film everything I need, and then sit down and on the same day, try and edit it if I have time, because that's when everything's fresh in your brain. And then you can come back and do little things like adding music or adding captions. But while the creative process is fresh in your brain, I find it really helpful. If you can do a full day, do a full day. That is really best practice, what you've spoken about just there, Sienna. It really is. So when even when we work on really big campaigns at scale, that scripting process or even the storyboarding process is vital and it does, as you say, reduce pushback or feedback from brands. I'd also say make sure you negotiate the number of reviews that you permit a brand to make. But it it is really important because it gives you clarity of thought, you know what you're going to talk about and then when you've got the makeup on and you're ready to shoot, you're good to go. It's so much easier. So storyboarding and scripting is really great tool in that content batching or content preparation process. Yeah, that's a very, very good tip to share. So we spoke a little bit about content creation and batching and I can really feel all of your skills as an accomplished creator, plus the benefits of your degree in marketing and comms coming through, which is clear in all of your content. So I think I probably want to speak a little bit now about engagement and how you've built the community. So we've spoken about creating the content and your process there. You've built a really great community. So let's talk about how you foster those connections with your audience. I think something that a lot of creators like me who started back in 2020 in COVID have struggled with is a dip in engagement. So when everybody was doing nothing in lockdown, engagement was so high. People were seeing like 20%, 25% engagement rates, which was just off the charts because everybody had time to sit down, engage with 100 accounts every day, you know, and a lot of it was genuinely people being interested in each other's content. But a lot of it also was, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to like everybody's photos and they're going to like mine in return. And there was a lot of like engagement pods and like for like. So I think if you're comparing your current engagement to what you once had, it can be really disheartening. So I think now everybody needs to just focus on what can I do in the time that I actually have and putting in like the effort into the relationships that actually matter. And to me, that's with people who consistently support me as a creator, both online and the people I know in real life, and especially the creators that 
are also in Melbourne and Australia that I am often interacting with at events or will go and actually shoot content together. So to me, that's what's really important is making friends with people that are both creators and business associates, but also genuine friends that have the same interests as me. And I think even as maybe a business owner or a UGC creator, connecting with other people that are like yourself that are going to support you is really important. You don't necessarily need to interact with people just because you think they're going to follow you back. Just interact with the people that are actually inspiring you and supporting you and making your feed a better place. Powerful words. That's how communities built. It's built on those genuine connections and those genuine relationships and I think that's wisdom far beyond your years. And I actually, I want to talk about your relationships with brands and I'm sort of looking off to the side, which I know the listeners won't be able to see because we're doing audio only. But one of the really impressive things about your Sienna in the Sun website is when I look at your media kit, you've got some general information there about your followers, but I really also like the way that you set out your monthly engagements and monthly impressions. So when we talk about that engagement, although it can dip and we know algorithms change all the time and you only need to open up any sort of online platform, doesn't matter what channel you're on and everyone's complaining about how the algorithm is wrecking their engagement and that will never change. So there's a couple of points I wanted to make and I, I want to speak more about your website and the value that's played as in your role as a creator. But right now I want to talk about how you've really showcased yourselves to brands through having this gorgeous influencer media kit, which is probably one of the best online media kits that I've seen in terms of your channels, the articulation of your brand, your engagements, your impressions, and you really speak to the brand and you've got these beautiful video examples embedded into the website. So let's talk about how now that you go about engaging the brand side, that other side of your community and the work that you do there. How how are you finding the websites working for you and the steps that you take to generate the income as a UGC creator? I'm actually quite, I want to say lucky, but it's also a lot of hard work that I'm at this stage in my career where I get a lot of inbounds. So I am getting a lot of brands reaching out to me. They are emailing me. And that comes from having a really strong social presence. My Instagram, my TikTok, and I've actually created a second TikTok for UGC and content creation, sharing tips with other creators and also as a portfolio for brands that find me and be like, oh, wow, she would be a good creator for us. So I think having all of those channels that are directing people to my website, to my portfolio, has really helped brands come to me. And that takes out a huge huge chunk of time for me, which is pitching to brands. And I will still pitch to brands if it's someone I really want to work with. But a lot of my jobs now are coming in from my website or I'm actually on Fiverr as well, which is a freelancing platform where I can put up my briefs as saying, I can do this, I can do this. And brands will then click on it and say, yes, we'd like you to produce two videos for us. So The website is really fantastic, but I think it's important to not limit yourself to just a portfolio on, you know, a Canva portfolio or a website. I think spreading yourself out across 
brand collab platforms, Fiverr and Upwork are two really good sites. And also, yeah, being available for inbounds is how I really catch a wide range of brands. Yeah, and and that makes sense because I can see across all of those channels you're articulating that really, really well. And before I move on from your portfolio to encourage people to have a look, I particularly like the way that you set out examples across the different niches that you spoke and you said, you know, at the beginning of the episode, you started off as travel and, you know, you've also become a, a bit of a foodie. I follow you now for some tips on where to go in Melbourne, which I love, but fashion and, and that. So, and also things like software. So in your digital media kit, you've got examples of these different niches that you work really well in, both in video format and static image photos as well. And Also, as part of that community building, you've got really good examples of testimonials from brands, but also your community, your audience, what people are saying about you. And that's that's a really powerful piece to add because when the brands are looking at you, they can see that you've got capability in terms of creating and delivering content and you've got engagement, but they don't have to look too far to see what great things your audience is saying. So I think that's a really great thing to to add in. You spoke about pitching to brands and you do have a lot of inbound inquiries now, which is great, but you also help others learn how to pitch to brands and you've got a free pitching template on your website that creators can download. Let's talk about what might be included in that and the strategies that you use to pitch to brands. Absolutely. Well, it can be really overwhelming, especially if you're a new creator, to take that initial step and reach out to a brand. But it's not just what you say, it's how you say it. And also making sure you have the right contact to get in touch with the people that you want to be speaking with. So my pitch template, it's just a little PDF that you can then copy all the text from, make your own version of, you know, put your own spin on it, your own branding. It's basically this document outlines how you should be addressing your email, like what kind of account you should be sending it from, your subject line, your greeting, what kind of things you can say about yourself to come across as very professional with a brand. And so for me, I think the key points there are to have a very professional email, like don't just be sending it from your normal Gmail, create a new one. It it can be a free Gmail account, that's no worries. But having a professional one, with your business handle is really important. You know, people aren't just going to want to see it from johnny2 at gmail.com. Like I have my own domain now, but I didn't. I originally was just Sienna in the sun at gmail.com. And that's totally fine. That, But that's professional. It's my username. Like the brand can see who I am. And then including what you're going to do for the brand. Like don't just be like, hey, let's collab. You need to provide some value. You can say to them, like, I really like your brand because I use your product and I feel or I look or I enjoy blah. Like relate to them and get them to see that you're actually part of their customer base and you can relate to their followers or their purchases. And once you've done that, then you can provide to them, what are you going to do for them? Are you going to create a try-on haul? Are you going to do a tutorial for them? Like, what's your strength? What can you give to them? And like, why should they pay you for that? Or why should they work with you for that? 
They're really important points. Having been the person on the receiving end of these types of emails, everything that you have just said are things that I've articulated in previous episodes of this podcast because nothing will send an email to the trash more quickly than the things that you've just described, an unprofessional email address, unprofessional communication, cut and paste, hey, let's collab, no personalization, no effort to show a genuine interest in a value-based productive income in that relationship. And you do also demonstrate some snippets of wording on your website because, again, when we look at your influencer media kit, you clearly say, how can I promote your brand? And you give examples, as you've just described, the try-on hauls, unboxing, stories, reels. So bringing in all of those elements makes it easy because in exchange, I want to share some advice from someone who sits across the other side of the desk, constantly being inundated by creators with content. It is overwhelming as an agent or as a brand because everyone is reaching out to you and everyone wants something. So you need to do something that makes you stand above and stand out and really highlight where there could be something of value. And speaking of that time restriction, if Sienna comes to me and says, hey, Karen, oh my gosh, I love what you're doing here. Let's do this try on haul. I can do this, 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 and this. I'm going, thank goodness, you know, someone's onto it and I I only have to do less thinking here and we can just, she's got it. She knows what needs to be done and I'm not going to have to teach her and educate her about delivering a campaign. Yeah, minimise minimize the back and forth of how many emails you have to send. Lay everything out in that first email and they the brand might not know what they want until you present it to them. You might have a great idea they've never thought of and they're like, yep, hire this woman. That's Absolutely correct because nobody knows your audience like you do and one of the powerful things that we do when we work on campaigns is that we bring the talent in and we get them to say this is going to work because the agency will often have a brief from their client, the brand, and they'll say we want X, Y and Z. We always respect that brief but when we bring the creators in, if they've got a great idea and say, look, I did this before and it worked okay but I think this will work better that's a win-win scenario. So those conversations are really important and you can't always have those conversations for every campaign. Some of them are fairly transactional. It's like, we want this and this is what we want you. That's great. The more professional you are, the more communication that you minimise, that's great. The money's in your account, you're done and dusted. And as you build experience, you'll be able to come to the table more with those conversations about how you can shape the campaign and what you can do to contribute. So it really sounds like to me that that free pitch document that you've got, everyone needs to download and understand the fundamentals of pitching to brands because I can also see from your website, it's generated significant income for you and it's a free document that anyone can download. So uh, that's great that you've gone ahead to, to share that. Something else that's quite important with pitching too is even if you get a no now, if you're approaching them professionally, they are going to keep you on their books and potentially reach out again when they have something that actually does suit you. So always being polite and courteous and to the point and very professional can come back to you later, even if it's not a right fit now. Absolutely. 
absolutely you never burn a bridge and to that point if someone's come and said hey Sienna we're doing this campaign for Christmas and keep their details get in touch with them a month or two before the following year at the same time and say hey last year we spoke about this activation for Christmas I was wondering are you going to do that again this year I'd really like to be considered for that opportunity and that's where the tools like you've suggested Trello come in handy because you can have a you know, like a sales follow-up or an opportunity follow-up. So professionalism goes a very, very, very long way. Sienna, you've obviously got a lot of skills to share, a lot of valuable professional experience, and I know that you extend that through mentoring. It's a really important role that you play. What can you offer for content creators, influencers, UGC creators, if they're wanting to learn more about how to approach brands professionally and develop their skills as a professional influencer through your mentoring services? Well, I do share a lot of tips for free on my Instagram, my TikTok. Um, I'm always trying to help for as free as I can. But when you have a really specific situation and you want to know how to build your channels, not just generally, that's when I think a one-on-one session is really valuable. So um, I'm happy to do like Zoom sessions or if you're in Melbourne, we can like meet up for a coffee. And I just want to be able to like help you develop your content plan or if you want help pitching to a certain brand, like I can help you write that. It's really open-ended for me. Like I will help in whatever way I can. And yeah, that mentoring, it can be a one-off call. We can do it once a week, once a month, like whatever you need. I want to be able to help you build your profession. And I think it's really important to note that if you open any channel, there is a saturation of so-called experts offering the get successful quickly tips or strategies at high costs, often high cost. And the success that that person might have had, I'm not taking away from, but it hasn't been sustained. And the reason that I'm really happy to talk about your mentoring is that you have a degree in marketing and communications. You have proven experience in this space. You also run this incredible Facebook community for creators where, again, you walk the talk of making resources available and available freely. And that that community is incredible what you've built there. Talk to us about your creators community. My baby, my Facebook group, (laughs) Content Creators Australia. I actually started this group because when I was first starting, all of my idols and my mentors and everyone I looked up to, they were all American and that's fine. But the industry is so different there. It's so much further ahead and all of their rules are different. Their tax laws are completely different. Like it's just it's a whole nother world. And I found that there's a lot of Australian influencers, but there's not many that are teaching other influencers what to do or other creators, how to manage their taxes or, you know, how to actually get in touch with Australian brands because the industry is just miles behind and one day it will catch up and it's doing pretty well now, but it can be really overwhelming when you don't have anyone else in the same position as you. So that's why I started Content Creators Australia. So Any creator, any creative, like you could be a UGC creator, an influencer, a blogger, a small business owner, a model, like whatever you are, 
you can join this group and you can ask questions, you can get advice, or you can just make some friends because I know that's another thing where people really struggle to being like, I am feeling alone. Everyone I see is in another country, another state. So, yeah, this, this community is about connecting people and also providing resources, but it's also a source of brand collabs. Um, there's actually been a few collabs come from this group of people being like I really need creators that are mums or have a dog or live in Sydney and it's just a really nice resource for both business owners and creators. It is and I have to say I'm guilty of constantly referring people into your group because I hang out in a lot of Facebook groups. I'm a big fan of Facebook groups. I don't know if that's a generational thing but I do feel that they're a place an easy place to have conversations and build community. It's a platform we're all familiar with. So most of my interactions or time spent on Facebook is really only in groups. And I probably have at least half a dozen opportunities a week where I see brands calling out. They don't even really understand what UGC is. They might put up a video and they say, I want this. How do I, what, what is it? How do I do? I go straight over to, I put in the link to your group and say, go over there because you will find some of the best professional and dedicated Australian-based UGC creators and influencers and bloggers as you've described. And it is, it's a really good community that's well-run and well-managed that brings in the value to the creators themselves and now by default coming into the brand. So that's that's great to see. We'll make sure that we put the links for all Sienna's resources, including this Facebook group, up in uh, the show notes and online after the episode. You wear lots of different hats. You are a creator, an influencer, a model, an educator. You've spoken a little bit about the business side of things and I think many creators may incorrectly think that being an influencer is just creating content and that's the role, but it's actually running a business and you need to understand all of the things that you've just described, tax and engaging with brands and, you know, running your content. How do you wear all those hats and do you find the juggle difficult? How how are you learning to manage expanding your growing business? Yeah, I'm going to be honest, this is the hardest part for me. I'm such a creative person and like I do think I'm organized, but the business side of things is really hard. There's so much to think about. You've got to keep track of your expenses, of all the income coming in. You've got to manage your own tax. You've got to apply for an ABM. There's just so much to think about and I am learning on the fly. But I think that's why it's so important for people like me who are that, you know, a little bit further ahead in their journey to be sharing the trials and errors. Like I've had my tax this year was a nightmare. I, you know, I tried to do it myself. I got stuck. I got stressed. I went to an agency. They had no idea what a content creator was. It was just a mess. And so everything I learned this year, I was taking notes. I'm going to be like, writing down for next year and hopefully sharing with people without, you know, giving too much financial advice. (laughs) But that kind of thing of, again, going back to that content creator in Australia group, being able to ask, hey, does anyone know how to fill out this form? Or has anyone had experience working with a good tax agency that can help with influencer management? That kind of expertise that not every 
one person knows everything about the industry. And I think that's why it's so important for resources like this, like a podcast where you can learn from other people. Like I am always trying to be better at the business management side of things. And I find my best resources are listening to podcasts like this or, you know, looking on someone's blog and just being like, wow, they really know what they're talking about in this one area. Let's add that to my general knowledge base. It's constant learning, isn't it? And for someone who's owned and operated many businesses plus come out of executive management, it it doesn't matter where you are in your career, the external environment, the external business environment is constantly evolving. So you need to stay on top of that. And you're right, resources, trusted resources play a really valuable role in that learning process. Before we move off from the business side of things, I was curious to learn, do you work in your business as you do say you prepare your content and you, you know, you schedule in your content and you batch that and you think about that. Do you set aside a day a month or a quarter or a couple of days a quarter to look at the business administration requirements of your work? It's more of an as-I-go thing. I have a really big spreadsheet where I keep track of all of my collabs, all of my income, and basically as the collabs come in, I'll enter them into that spreadsheet and then maybe like once a month go through my bank statements and be like, okay, that's been paid, tick that off, that's been paid, tick that off. Oh, this one hasn't been paid, follow that up with the brand. So, yeah, like it's not scheduled, but I will be like, okay, today is admin day. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. You've got a process there and it works with you and I'm a big fan of processes. Yeah, and it's not the most streamlined and I would really like to get better at that. That's something that is a goal for next year for me is to be more on top of things, more organised and more business-minded, not just creative. That's obviously my strength. And to run a successful business, you need both. You do. And look, you're not alone there because they're quite different strengths and, again, sitting on my side of the desk, that's where other people bring value. You said earlier in the episode you understand different people bring different things to the table. I work with some of the most creative and, you know, biggest celebrities in the world actually. I'm very fortunate. But a lot of them are creatives and that's why they have that team is they've grown their business. They can focus on what they're really, really great at and then outsource these other things. And, And that's all part as a business owner, you've got to learn the basics. But regardless of where you're at in your career, you still need to understand it anyway because you want to make sure that you are getting paid on time and you're getting paid the right amount of money and the people that are working for you or alongside you are doing what they need to do to comply with regulations and rules and make sure they're doing the best thing for you. So it is a constant process of learning. I actually don't want to end this episode, but I am mindful of your time and what we need to do. So before we wrap up, let's talk about what's ahead for you. You've got a lot of things happening and in your role as a creator as a mentor, as an emerging leading voice in this space. What's on the horizon for you? Well, I love the base of my content, which for me is just creating things that I love, like fun foodie recommendations or fashion videos. But I want to take this 
mentoring thing further. I want to do a lot more events. Um, I like to run meetups for creators. We've done a couple of like content days. We've done a branch. We've done a paint and sip. And I think these community events are where I really thrive. I love organizing them. I love meeting everybody. So a lot more of those and potentially some more um, even like masterclasses to help people get started. I'd really love to run some UGC days of teaching people basic, basic skills that they can then use in their own UGC businesses and lots more mentoring. Like I really enjoy it. I really like helping other people and seeing other people thrive. And when they get great collabs, I'm so happy for them. So yeah, a lot more mentoring, a lot more community events and hopefully more collabs for me as well. Hopefully more. I feel that. I feel that. I feel it come through in your content and I feel it comes through in that genuineness to want to see others succeed. And that's a quality that is not always present, but I can say that it is a quality that will take you far and I'm excited to learn what's ahead for you. I'd actually, I'd love to say something about that because I do sometimes get jealous when I see other influencers getting invited to an event that I wasn't invited to, or they work with a brand that I've pitched to and they said no before. And it is really hard to be like, why are they doing it and not me? And I think a really important mindset to have is just because it's a no for you now, it's not a knowing future. And being positive and supportive for other people now is going to be so much more beneficial than being jealous. And yeah, I think there's always room for more. Like people say it's an oversaturated industry and yes, there's a lot of people, but there's no one that does content like you and there will be brands that are like, she is perfect for us. No one else can compare. So it's all in the plans. It's okay. It's going to happen. It is. And when you combine with all the elements that you've described and you share through all of your resources about the professionalism and the way that you manage those relationships... Jealousy is a natural feeling. I think many of us feel that at different times in our lives. It's it's hard not to. It's part of natural human emotion. But you're right. You have articulated that very well. And I just really enjoy listening to what you have to say because I can genuinely see that it brings that value into the community. Uh, I think we're going to have to wrap up soon, but I'm not going to let you go until you can share perhaps a recommendation or a piece of advice for influencers or creators looking to build their career? Just start. It doesn't have to be good. It doesn't have to be perfect. I look back at my old work and cringe so much. I'm like, wow, that was really bad. But I just did it. And I just built that following slowly, slowly and worked with little brands and slowly built it up. And if you don't start now, if you don't allow yourself to try and fail and get better, in two years, you're going to look back and be like, wow, where could I have been right now if I actually just let myself be bad to start with? And I know that's so cliche, so cringy, but it's true. Not everything you do has to be perfect. You just have to do it. It is true. It's true. And they're very good words of advice to wrap up on. Thank you for joining me today. I. I've had so much fun. I appreciate your insights, your contribution to our discussion today, but also the contribution to the wider community. It it brings so much value. It brings the things that you wanted to bring, joy and happiness and colour and vibrancy, and you bring that all with those feelings, but also that beautiful professionalism and I think experience that sits 
far beyond your years in this space. So congratulations, Sienna. Thank you for joining us today. We're going to have all of the links for your resources, the free pitch template, the Content Creators Australia Facebook group, the mentoring and all the resources we've spoken about in the show notes. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Karen. Thanks for having me. I've had an absolutely great time. And yeah, I love just sharing this joy of creating with everybody. And I hope that people listening are inspired and want to work on their own business and just create what you love and the success will come. Wonderful words to close on. Thanks, Sienna. Thanks, Sienna.